I believe that normal for today's society, normal in our culture, is a life that is way below the pay grade of the purpose that God has designed for each of us. Because I believe fully that God has a plan for your life just as he has a plan for my life. And by design, from the very beginning, from the moment that you were even conceived, even if it was an accident, according to the culture and the world's standards, God had a specific design for your life. He wants to use you to do some incredible things. And and there's a purpose that you serve in the world. But so many times, we have something that's intended to be used for a purpose, and we use it for things that are way below the pay grade. And it's almost childish in some areas the way a lot of people normally act in today's world and so what I want to do today is I want to encourage you I want to encourage you to be a rebel against normal and commit your life to to quit pretending to use what God's gifted you with for things outside of his design for your life that you would begin to discover why you exist and why you're on the earth and what God wants to do with your life It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what your present looks like. And it doesn't matter where you think you're headed in the future. God has a plan for your life. And I just want a light bulb to go off in your head today. And you to realize God has a unique purpose for my life. And I want you to begin to stand in that purpose and allow God to use you for that purpose so that you can experience the blessings of living a life on purpose. And so to start with, I think most people would agree that it's sometimes difficult for us to discover what that purpose is. And like you, more than likely, I've asked in my life questions like, why am I even on this earth? And even knowing that God has a plan and a purpose for my life, I've asked, how do I know what that is? And how can I figure out if I'm going in the right direction? How can I figure out if I'm using the gifts and talents that God's given me by his design for my life, and it's difficult. I don't pretend to stand up here and look down on you and say, if you're living outside of God's purpose for your life, then, then, then you're ignorant or you just don't care. Uh, because the truth is, it's sometimes very difficult in the world we live in to discover and stay focused on the purpose that God has for our lives. And it's not the same for all of us. It's not the same for all of us. That God gifts each of us differently. We have different talents. We have different abilities. We're wired differently personality-wise. That the result of our lives should always lead to Jesus in the end, but it looks differently for all of us. So there's no formula that I can give you to say, if you do these things, then you'll discover God's purpose for your life and you'll stand in it. And there's no ABC instructions that I can give you. But, but I want to make you think this morning And I've got three questions that that I think I can give you to ask yourself. And hopefully in the midst of asking yourself one of these three questions or all three of these questions, specifically, you'll begin to understand some of the ways that God's wired you so that you can start living your life according to purpose, which is completely different from the way the world lives. We understand that, right? We understand that normal in this world um, is, is life without purpose or life with wrong purpose. That for the most part, people in our world live for themselves and they put themselves as number one and they try to gain everything they can to somehow make themselves happy in this life. That's normal. That's what normal people do, but we're not going to be normal. In fact, normal is, is a lack of commitment in this culture. 
Normal is entering a relationship and saying, you know what, this relationship isn't what I thought, so I'm going to end this relationship and pursue another relationship. Normal is starting a job and finding out that it's not everything that you ever dreamed of in a job that lets you do no work and make lots of money. And so you're going to leave that and find another job. And there's nothing wrong with finding other jobs. But in our culture, what we find is that there's a lack of commitment, even in the church world. You understand this, that there are people who aren't committed to churches and they'll go from this church to that church because... It's just the way our culture is designed. We're kind of in a fast food mentality where we want things and we want them now and we don't want to work for things and and we don't want to stay committed to things. That's normal. That's normal, but we're not going to be normal. And so I hope today, my prayer is that when you leave today, you'll at least be inspired to consider what God's plan for your life is and try to pursue that plan and try to walk in the purpose that he has for you. And then you'll see life differently And you'll experience blessings that you never imagined were possible when you do that. So so let me give you three quick questions, and I'm going to challenge you at the end uh, with a fourth question. Uh, Question number one, and I'm going to give you some biblical examples of people who stood in their purpose uh, throughout these three questions. Question number one is for you to ask, what breaks my heart? Like, what in life breaks my heart? What in life causes so much compassion in me to rise to the surface that I just even cry or weep literally because of something that I have seen or something that I have heard or something that I have experienced in this life? What, what news could we receive that would cause us just to be heartbroken? And I'm not, I'm not talking about like necessarily on a personal level, like you get some bad news, like you lost your job or, or, or someone got sick, uh, There's a personal tragedy. I'm talking about in this world, in our culture, what is it that you see that that just breaks your heart? For Nehemiah, it was a group of people that he was passionate about because he was part of a group of people, the children of Israel, who had been in exile for years. And they've recently been released to exile. And and I want to read for you Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. And Nehemiah says, they said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. And listen to what he says. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Like when he heard the children of Israel had been in exile and they were released from exile, but they got back to Jerusalem where they lived, which was home. And the walls were torn down and the gates were burned and they had no protection. Uh, They were vulnerable to attack and, and they really had no way of maintaining safe life together. It broke his heart just hearing it, just hearing it. And so through that heartbreak, through that gripping reality that he just couldn't bear. There was purpose birth in his life. And he was a cupbearer to a king named Artaxerxes. And Artaxerxes saw his despair and basically said, what can I do? And he said, let me go back and rebuild the wall for these people. Let me go back and rebuild the walls and put the gates back in place and give these people their life back. And in 52 days, he did that. And he left and he went And he served a purpose which largely 
He was designed from the beginning of his life to fulfill because God knew that that would happen. And it started with what I would call a burden. What burdens you in life? Like, like do you see children who have little to no provision and it grips your heart and you just think that is such a tragedy, that's so unfair in this world? Do you, do you see a people group or a demographic or a, a nation or a country and are you gripped with some sense of burden for that group of people that it breaks your heart what they're experiencing or the reality that they're living in? For, for you, it may be different. For me, for me, in the South, with churches on every corner, it was people who are far from God. It was a reality that I had grown up in church and been in church my whole life. I, I had committed my life to Jesus as a seven-year-old, 12 days before my eighth birthday, and have been in church my entire life. I went to a Christian college. I graduated and a month later, started a job in church. And I've always been around church people. About five or six years ago, God just kind of burdened my heart with people who weren't in church, with people who didn't understand the importance and the reality of, of what church could offer them through a relationship. And out of that sense of burden, I became really discontent in my position in a church that was established. Not because that church didn't care about people who were far from him, but because there were people out there who needed to hear the message of hope that's found in Christ. And I just became like gripped. I can remember staying awake at nights just saying like, like, how can I reach more people? What can I do? And it was out of that sense of burden that God kind of put a dream in my heart to start this church. That's why this church is, is different from a lot of churches that are around us because we're trying to reach people who haven't been reached by those churches. For you, it may be starting a nonprofit that can help Feed homeless people, provide shelter to people. It could, it could be help fighting against children or spouses who are under abuse, who live miserable lives that, that we just are gripped by with such a burden. I don't know what it may be for you. And it doesn't mean you have to start something. But here's what normal people do. Normal people will be flipping a TV and they'll be one of those emotional commercials about children in Africa maybe who are starving and it'll be asking for a donation and they'll be moved like that's sad that there's people in there and then the commercial ends and something else goes on and they don't think about it anymore that's normal it's normal to be moved emotionally by things that are unfair in our society but it's not normal to take action to do something about it and what I want to encourage us to do is in life if you feel like you don't know what your purpose is, you don't know why you exist, why you're on this earth, is to start asking yourself the question, what breaks my heart? Because that can be a starting point for you to understand why God has wired you differently. Because what breaks your heart may not break my heart. And it doesn't mean that I'm wrong and you're right. It just means that God's wired you for a different purpose from me. And if you can discover what breaks your heart, and you can truly commit yourself to the burden that you carry because it breaks your heart. If you're not normal, if you're a rebel, you'll do something about it. And you may not know what to do initially, but you'll find someone who is doing something and you'll help them 
or you'll realize that there's no one doing anything and you'll start something. But you'll always think, what is it that I can do to better whatever the situation is for this situation that breaks my heart? For Nehemiah, it was building a wall. For me, it was starting a church. For you, what is it? What breaks your heart? And if nothing breaks your heart, I'm going to give you a pretty dangerous prayer to pray. And you simply say, Lord, would you give me a burden for something in this world? And, and I can almost guarantee you every time, he will. Because he cares about things that we need to care about. And he'll share those burdens with us so that we can experience a beautiful purpose to do something about some injustices in this world. I believe that you were designed for specific reasons. And perhaps if you don't stand in your purpose, those injustices may never be resolved. It's a lot of pressure and it's a lot of weight, but I believe that God has something incredible for you. Second question that you can ask, if you just say, you know what, I just, I'm not sure what my purpose is. I don't feel like what I do is significant in this world. I don't feel satisfied that I'm making a difference at all. And I've asked myself what breaks my heart, but I, don't, I still don't really have a burden. And the second question that you can ask yourself is, is what makes me angry? What makes me angry? You know, most people would say, that anger is a sin. You've heard that you shouldn't get angry. And so we try to live life without getting angry. But anger is an emotion that God has given us. And his instruction through us in the book of Ephesians is that when we're angry, we shouldn't sin. Do you know it's not a sin to get angry? Do you know that Jesus himself got angry? And sometimes the anger that God puts in our heart is fueling us toward a purpose because there's some injustice that's happening around us that we don't think is right. And it brings out this emotion, this anger in us. Let me read a passage from you in Exodus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. It says, One day after Moses had grown up, I know that Moses was born during a time when he should have been killed. And he actually, by the grace of God, grew up in Egypt as part of the family of Pharaoh. And when he had grown up, though he was an Israelite, though he was Hebrew, he was brought up in Pharaoh's home as an Egyptian. But when he had grown up, he went out to where his own people were, the children of Israel who were in slavery and bondage, and watched them at their hard labor. And listen to this. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. And looking this way and that and seeing no one, listen to what he did. It says... He killed the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. Now, not a, not a godly response. Okay, I'll just say that up front. God hasn't gifted you with the ability to go out and just take people out because they make you mad. Okay, so before you even go there, let me just say that's not, that's not what's going to happen here. Moses was brought up as an Egyptian, but he was a Hebrew. And the Hebrews, the children of Israel were in slavery to the Egyptians, and they were mistreated badly. And one day, when Moses saw it, it was like something just, his eyes were opened, and he saw, my people are being mistreated. This Egyptian, of whose family I'm being brought up in, is beating and mistreating 
my people. And something in his heart just became angry. And he looked around, he didn't see nobody. He was so angry that he went out and he killed this man. He hit him in the sand. And the story goes on. Actually, people saw it. He feared for his life and he fled to a distant country. He left his life because he feared for his life. But here is what I want you to understand. Is that later in his life, God spoke to him through a burning bush in a desert. He had become a shepherd and he was out with his flocks. And there was a burning bush. It was a bush that was on fire, which would have been common. But what was uncommon is that it didn't burn up. It just kept burning. And so he went to check what was going on with this bush. And God spoke to him from within this bush. Crazy experience. And he says to him, essentially, I want you to go back to Egypt and I want you to tell Pharaoh to let the children of Israel go. I want you to tell him to free your people. Okay? Even the things in our lives that have made us angry when we were far from God, that caused us to react in ways that were not right, that were not godly, if we'll look back over our lives, can still be indicators of God's purpose for our life. Listen, I'm not talking about like the person that drives in the left-hand lane on the interstate that's going the speed limit when they should be in the right-hand lane so that you can go faster than the speed limit and pass them. I'm not talking about that because that makes me angry. probably makes you angry too unless you're the person in the left-hand lane. And then I would like to ask you politely to please move over to the right because you make me mad. I'm not talking about like silly, unimportant things that, that cause you anger. I'm not talking about when your wife tells you the truth and you can't handle it and you just blow off your lid. I'm not talking about when a kid disobeys you and you get frustrated. I'm talking about something in this world that is just not right. I'm not talking about when you go to the cash register and, and the shirt that you wanted was on the rack that said sell and you get up there and it's not for sell and you're like, oh no. I'll show you the sign, like we're about to, you know. I'm not talking about that. Okay, let's, let's get past that. I'm talking about like, what causes you just to want to fight back against some injustice? What causes you to want to end some type of wrong in someone's life? What causes you to say, you know what? There are children that, X, Y, Z, and I'm just going to do something about it. I can't believe that they would treat those people that way. For Moses, it was people who were enslaving his people and mistreating them. And he, he saw it for what it was, and he had had enough, and, and he longed to do something about it. He went about it the wrong way, but God later showed him that it doesn't matter that you're not perfect. I'll still use you. But the purpose, you've known for a while. You, you know that you can do something about a situation. You've just got to go about it the right way. Like when you're with your family or when you're with your coworkers and, and something is happening that's wrong, but it's accepted in those circles, and you just say, I've had enough of these people in my life partaking in whatever it is that's wrong. And I'm going to say something. I'm going to do something about it. I'm not talking about going about it the wrong way and expressing your anger through sin, but I'm saying, 
understand that that anger that's inside of you can indicate that a purpose that God has for you. That there are still sex slaves in this world enrages people. And there are organizations that have popped up that are freeing women from these sex trades. That's people standing in a purpose because they experience an anger that God gave them towards something that was wrong in the world. That there are people who are starting organizations that are providing water for people who live in parts of the world where they have no clean water. And and they're living with diseases that are caused by something that we take for granted. And they're so angry that no one's doing anything about it that they do something about it. And it doesn't have to be on a global world scale. It could be something as small in your family as taking a stand against something that's wrong that's happening on a regular basis that you can do something about. And don't go shooting them, but pray, God, how can I bring change to this situation? And again, God will give you a burden. He'll weigh your heart down heavy with something that you can make a difference in. You don't have to live this passionless life. You don't have to live this purposeless life where things are going on all around you that God may have divinely created you to be a solution to and you just want to enjoy life and ignore the bad. I'm asking you just to open your eyes and say, what is it in this world that's just wrong around me that I can do something about? And then do it. And then do it. In the right ways. Number three, last question. Yes, what breaks my heart, what makes me angry. So I want you to ask the question, what encourages courage in my life? In what situations do I become brave? Like, do I just rise up? Do I become courageous? Do I want to attempt things that no one else would attempt? Because they're afraid of failure or they're afraid of perception or they're afraid of what people will think about them. But when you're in those situations, just something inside of you just rises up and says, yeah, I'll, I'll do this. I'll do this. I want to go to First Samuel chapter 17. There was a young shepherd boy. His name was David. and His brothers were off at war and he was out tending sheep. He was a young teenager more than likely who was looked down upon by his brothers who were at war because they were doing something important while he was not. And his father sent him with a goodie bag, with a lunch bag, to go and see his brothers and to take them some food. And as he's on his way, he notices something that's happening, that there's a valley. And on the other side of the valley, there's a Philistine army. And part of that army is a man named Goliath, and he's a giant He's a huge guy, and he's yelling insults at the children of Israel. He's daring them to come fight him. He's mocking them. He's he's making fun of them. He's insulting them. And, And what David sees is a group of men, an army, a fearless army that he thought, who is afraid to go and fight this man. And he begins to see, like, what's going on here? Like, who is that? And they explain that's, that's a Philistine and, and he would rip apart any man that ever went out there. And, and David is like, so no one's going to go fight this man and listen to what 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 26 says. It says, David asked the men standing near him, 
What will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Like something inside of this shepherd boy in a situation where everyone was fearful to go and fight rose up and he became courageous and he says, no, you're not going to defy the armies of the living God. You're not going to mock and insult God's people. I'll go. I'll go. And in a situation where people thought Goliath was so big, he couldn't be beat. David saw a target that was so big he couldn't miss. And he walks out, not in army attire, not with proper fighting gear, but with a sling and five smooth stones. And just like he had done time and time again out in the fields watching his sheep, fending off dangers to the flock, he slings a stone and hits this giant and kills him. He takes his own sword, he cuts his head off, and the armies of the living God are so inspired that they go and overtake the Philistines who begin to run. Like there's nothing inside a young teenager that should rise up in the midst of war and become so courageous unless, unless there's a purpose that God had designed for him. You know, I've been told in my venture to start a new church that it won't work, it's difficult, that I could provide better for my family through other avenues that this type of church won't work in a certain place and that certain people won't come to this type of church. And I've been told a lot of things. And what I've discovered is that in the church world, there's lots of armies, lots of people in an army that see a threat and they're just not courageous enough to go and fight. And I'm not pretending to be a hero by any means. Perhaps I'm just naive. But I can just tell you that there was something that rose up in me about four years ago that caused me to want to start a church. I mean, that's not like a, a hobby, okay? It's not like just, hey, let's take a day trip and, I don't know, we'll start a church today. That would be awesome. Lots of people see a need. Lots of people understand the importance not because of any of my own credit, but there was just something in me that just became courageous at the thought of starting a new church. And I believe it's because God designed me. He fashioned me together. He put a purpose in me from the very beginning of my life that in this season of my life, I would pastor a church called Synergy Church in Winder, Georgia with the purpose of reaching people who aren't being reached and make a difference in this world. I don't have everything together, and I can't tell you that I am perfectly in the middle of God's will for my life, and I never make any decisions that falter from his best for me. But I can tell you there's a joy in my life that I never experienced until I stepped into what God called me to do. And I believe, I believe fully that the same is true for you. What breaks your heart? What makes you anger? What encourages courage in your life? And in the midst of those questions, I'm praying that you'll just discover a burden, that God will put something on your heart that will just weigh heavy on you, that will just cause you to rise up and say, that's it. 
I've got to do something about this. I've got to be faithful in an area where I should never be faithful. I've got to start something that hasn't been started. I've got to quit something that no one will quit. Whatever that looks like in your life, that's it. So here's like, here's like the, the final question that I want to ask you. And I, I hope that like in asking this question and seeing where I'm going with the answer to this question that you'll begin to understand more of what it means to move in the direction of God's purpose for your life. Here, here's the question. If money were not an object to, to me, to you, if money were not an object, what would you do with the rest of your life? Like if you didn't have to worry about paying the bills, if you didn't have to worry about enduring something that you thought wasn't the best for you so that you could afford things in life, like if you had unlimited dollars in your life, what would you do? If you're like me, your initial thought is, I would have a lot more peace, I can tell you that. My life would be so much, what, better because I would have more, what, things that make me happy and if when you truly consider that question and you say if I had unending resources what would I do with my life if, if the only answers you ever come up with point to you I would have a bigger house I would have multiple houses I would travel the world I would have a four wheeler if you've <laughs> ever heard any of my stories that's a desire of mine I would I would, I, if that's all you ever think about, then here's, chances are for you, is you're probably not walking in God's purpose for your life. Because can I tell you what I would do if someone came up to me and handed me $5 million right now? I'd buy land. I'd buy about 73 acres, and I'd build an incredible facility that would reach people far from God in this community. I would. It would be one of the first things that I would do. And you know why I would do that? Because I feel like that God has designed me. He's given me a burden and a purpose in life. And some of you, if you had unending resources, if you could do anything you wanted in life, you would start organizations. You would resolve some injustices in the world. And if you can imagine spending so much money outside of yourself, then chances are, God may want to use you to do that now, even though you don't have unending money and you don't have unlimited resources. But you can do something, and you can start where you are. I heard a story of a little boy who was at the beach, and a storm came, and there were starfish all over the shores of the beach. And this young boy was taking starfish and he was slinging them back in the water frantically because he knew they would die if they stayed on the ocean, outside of, on the beach, outside of the ocean. And as he's frantically running and throwing these starfish back into the ocean, a, an older gentleman comes up behind him and says, son, what are you doing? And he says, well, these starfish, they're going to die if I don't throw them back into the water. And he says, son, you'll never get all those starfish back in the water. You're wasting your time. And the little boy looked at him with a starfish in his hand and he said, he said, well, this little starfish right here is going to live if there was it in the water. And you have a purpose, too. You can't change everything. You can't fix the world. You can't make the world perfect. But you can do something. There's some starfish that you can get in your hand and throw back into the water. 
Here's the last couple of verses for you. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has something for you to do. He's prepared you for something. He's preparing you for something. He's gifted you from something. He's burdened you for something. If you don't know what it is, you've just got to ask him. You've got to search. You've got to be diligent about finding it. And then you've got to be willing to just do something about it. A common verse that I've always loved is Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You may be here today and you may have never heard that God loves you and he's got a plan for your life, but he does. He designed you for a specific purpose. And I'm simply asking you to get off the road going through the wide gate where everyone's going that's trying to do everything for themselves in this world and make their life better and step into your purpose. Become a rebel and say, it's not all about me. What in this life can I make a difference in? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for who you are, for what you do in our lives. Thank you for the ability that we have to make a difference in this world, not because of anything we have to offer, but because you've designed us for that purpose. My prayer is as a church, Lord, we would serve the purpose that you've put in our hearts. As individuals, we would walk in the purpose that you've put in our hearts. I pray for men and women and students here today who may not have a burden in life, who may not feel compelled to act in response to the purposes that you have for their life. But I pray in this moment, you would begin to help them to see what it is that breaks their heart, what it is that makes them angry, what it is that encourages courage in their hearts. And if they will stand in that and they will move in that direction and they will allow you to use them to do things that they can't even imagine making a difference. Thank you for your purposes, Father. Thank you that you allow us to serve with your purposes in the earth and that you choose to use men and women and students to act on your behalf and stand in your power and make a difference in this world. Help us to be world changers, Lord. Help us not to settle for normal and help us not to live lives that only point towards ourselves. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.